This is a podcast from the Edinburgh Reporter, the online news website for the capital. Our written articles can be found on our website, www.theedinburghreporter.co.uk. Today we're speaking to Councillor Alex Lunn. Alex is an SNP councillor for the Craig and Tinney Duddingston Ward and is standing again in May. But when he started out in 2012, he was elected as a Labour councillor. So we asked him about this first. So Alex, when you started off your life as a councillor, you were actually a Labour councillor. Yes, and how could I forget? And you've, cha- you've jumped ship, you're now an SNP councillor for the same ward, um, and you're now standing again um, as an SNP candidate. So yes. What's one of the main things you're campaigning for here? My focus has never, re- my focus has never really changed. From a national point of view, I want what's best for Scotland and I want what's best for Edinburgh, which obviously is not uh, the way I see that things are currently going in the United Kingdom and they haven't been going that way for a long time. In terms of the local issues of my ward, um, I've actually uh, had a fantastic five years. I've got so much done. Uh, a, a new nursery school at Duddingston, which I led the campaign on. Um, the redevelopment of Portobello, also I was also heavily involved in that, as were several other local councillors. And uh, there's also been a lot of uh, big successes as well, like changing council planning policy before I was the vice convener when we got a street named after Laurie Riley. And that was fantastic, I absolutely You had to change the law that. to do that, didn't you? <laughs> I'd certainly had to well, change so what planning policy. certainly had to change planning policy. Um, I felt that at the time the officers were being uh, very uncooperative and didn't seem to see to get the point that me and the local community were making is that whether you're a football fan, a Hearts fan, a Hibs fan, a Rangers fan, a Celtic fan, an Aberdeen fan, Easter Road and Hibernian Football Club are central to that area. Now, I'm a jambo, everybody knows that, and I wear my, my heart quite literally on my sleeve. But Laurie Riley is a hero to the people of Edinburgh, He's a, he was a folk hero. And that's why I wanted the new street right next to Easter Road named after him. Planning officers uh, at the time were not overly cooperative. I did offer them compromises, including naming a street after other famous, the other famous five forward, Willie Ormond, um, which they which they declined. And so I just I just changed policy. I just changed the policy on them. Yeah. So at one point you were the vice convener of. Uh, communities and yep. now what's your role vice convener of the planning department and is that which has been more fulfilling well i've got to say at this at this moment in time i've got to say the communities and neighborhoods can vice convenership was excellent because not only did i get to uh help uh, with local with modernizing local community uh media but and here's the thing i'm really proud of and to be honest this is probably the thing i'm most proudest of on the council I was able to set up two things as vice convener. One, I was able to actually get a food bank's working group off the ground, um, which in, which is now chaired by my uh, successor, Councillor Lewis Ritchie, which has done a lot of fantastic work. But the other thing, and the thing I got political heat for from certain sections of the community, I got Edinburgh into the Syrian Vulnerable uh, People's Relocation Programme. I am so proud of that. And I've met several Syrians who've come to Edinburgh 
and since then, and they are just so delighted to be here, and it's a new life for them, and they want they want to be part of Edinburgh. How many people has Edinburgh welcomed now? We well, when I was vice convener, uh, we were aiming for a hundred. Now I'm I I'm hoping that the number has gone up. I haven't checked recently, but that is on my list of things to do. But now that I'm vice convener of planning. Uh, my diary has really filled up. <laughs> I'll bet, because it's not just a weekly meeting or uh, a month, sorry, it's not well, just a monthly meeting, it's weekly. I have it? a weekly meeting anyway with Councillor Ian Perry, the convener, and the planning leadership at the City Chambers. We meet 9am every Tuesday to discuss the various issues. And where do you think um, the, the city could go from here? I mean, there's always conflict between Greenbelt and Brownfield sites. What's your view? We need houses, we need jobs, we need investments, and we need to relieve the pressure that uh, that's currently in the houses of multiple occupancy HMO market. We have to relieve that pressure as well. As a council, what do you we mean will, by that? Do you mean there are too many of those? There to be yes, we've um, Edinburgh has become such an expensive place to live that it's not only students who now live in houses of multiple occupancy, it's young professionals and people and uh, young people who work in, say, the retail and the service industry who are living in houses of multiple occupancy because Edinburgh has just become so expensive. So, as, everybody, as you well know, in terms of my political beliefs, I'm somewhere to the left of Marx, but the system and the capitalist system uh, has actually created it's all about supply economics and the supply of housing has not been strong enough in Edinburgh in the last 10 years now there's reasons for that, most of them external uh, but it's something that we have to get a hand on But the council has just recently uh, just within the last year said that it's going to build 16,000 affordable homes over the next 10 years Correct. So um, is that not enough? I think, to be honest, we need to start getting some of these houses built and then we will know where we're going with uh, housing. But until we start actually seeing them built, uh, the the waiting list will continue to get worse and Have, worse and worse. Haven't they already started? Haven't we seen new 21st century homes in Muir House? And yes. Places? But not enough. And that's that's the point I'm that's the point I'm making. We have we have turned the corner, but by turning the corner, we're only at the end of we're only at the end of a very long road. We have a lot of work to do. We're taking we've made the right we're making the right policy decisions, and the housing market and the developers are now looking to work with us. So we've turned the corner. What happens? Um, what how how far down the road we get? It's another matter. Um, am I concerned about the impact of Brexit on on potentially on what the housing market the next ten years? Yes, I am. I'm very concerned about that. If you get, if you get re-elected for Craig and Tinney Duddingston, uh, what are you going to make uh, your priorities? You mean for the for the local area or for the city? Yes, for the local area. Well, for the local area, um, I'll be looking to increase uh, to get more investment in our schools. I feel good about the work I've done in schools in the last year. Obviously, the high uh, the last five years. Obviously, the highlight is the the Duddingston nursery. But we've also had investment in Parsons Green Primary School, Royal High Primary School, St. Ninians, Craig and Tinney. I want. I'll be fighting for more of that. I'll also be making the case for more nursery placement at the other schools as well. I'll also be fighting hard to get more of the schools in my ward on the school road closure scheme. Now, currently, Duddingston and St John's have benefited from that. Uh, 
and that's created. The, that's the, the schools being the rooms yep. being closed outside Correct. at kind of at collecting making, time and yep, making it uh, safer. Trying to trying to change the attitude of parents uh, when the, when they are taking and dropping off their kids from school. I want to see more of the schools in my ward added to the list of schools on that scheme, and I'll be fighting very hard for that. And of course, um, the uphill battle really has been uh, on dog dirt though sadly um, it's now an education matter to be honest with you as you know I, I haul there in America I don't recall ever seeing a bit of dog dirt in America and that's uh, when it, whenever I've been I don't think I've ever seen a piece of dog dirt in America and that's because the Americans they pick up and if they don't pick up they get a whopping fine maybe we need to see that here but definitely an education uh, an, an education element as well and of course it's not just dull dirt we still have periodic problems with littering high school kids have got better although I'm under no illusions that well, no, no illusions will ever solve that Thank you for listening to another podcast from the Edinburgh Reporter if you have any story suggestions for us then please get in touch editor at theedinburghreporter.co.uk